Welcome to Fandom Night, the show that... Gets to the chopper! <laughs> <laughs> yeah! <laughs> I'm William Bush, your host. I feel uh, Known now. as Reploid Bill <laughs> on uh, Reploid Productions. Let's go around co-hosts. I'm uh, Shane McCree, proto guy. I'm Seth Lovell, I'm Sario. And I have a very bad pain in my throat now. <laughs> <laughs> I am Nick Bennett, the Din, because Lone Paladin is still way too fucking long to say. And I like how it's longer now, <laughs> yeah. because it keeps yeah. adding that part, so now it's even more... <laughs> it's even more of a pain in the ass. I'm, I'm too lazy to say, fucking Lone Paladin. Yeah. <laughs> it's the part of the joke, come on. Anyways. Uh, oh yeah, right. and then we have disembodied voice number 87. Disembodied voice! <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We needed a little bit of humor for this podcast, because this is yeah. a very, very sad podcast. Yeah. Well, before that, let's get this out of the way. Contact information. If you would like to contact us to either... Tell us, what, us. tell us what we're doing right, tell us what we're doing wrong, comment on the show, things you like, things you dislike, yada, yada, yada. Reploid Productions as a single word at gmail.com. That is our direct email. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on eblogger.com. You can go to our actual website, reploidproductions.com. We have links there to different things that we do. Um, if you want to follow directly me or any other co-hosts, I am William Bush on both Google Plus and Facebook. And I believe that covers it. Did I leave something out? Uh, I do believe that is all the shameless promoting we can oh, do. Oh, uh, on Podkicker, on Podkicker and iTunes, if you're going to look up Reploid Productions, there's a space. It is two words. So, there. Okay. Yeah, that's the only oddball. Yeah, yeah it's 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 weird. It was, it was posted, and they split the word themselves when we posted it, even though all the other networks are listed as just one ginormous, ridiculous word. You mean like my email? Yeah. One big, giant, ridiculous email? So that way then I know nobody is sending me any email? Like, <laughs> what we are here to do is talk about Harold Ramis. Let's get this out of the way first. Harold Ramis has passed on. He was an actor, comedian, director, writer. Producer. He, producer also, yes. Yep. He was absolutely huge in the comedic world, and without a doubt, he will be missed. He died yeah. of an inflammatory disease, which causes him to have inflammations, <laughs> and the last attack ended up killing him. What he really... Well, I have it right here. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is ridiculous. He died at uh, age 69 from complications of Autoimmune inflammatory va right vas it causes his it causes him do you want me to read it for you it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's quite a, yeah I was about to say put down the DS uh, start reading very bottom see, very bottom very bottom like the last autoimmune one. inflammatory uh, vas vasculitis v a s c u l i t i s we are not doctors. Let me point that out real quick. <laughs> All right, the, the biggest word that I know is anti-disestablishmentarianism, and I don't even know what the fuck it means. So, 
It means you're a jackass. That's what it means. It means basically, I no longer work. Basically what that is, it is a disease that causes him to have massive inflammation in his organs and the last attack killed him. Yep. That's what happened. We want to say some things about him. It's going to be a type of tribute. We're going to go over some of the things that he's done and talk about them where we where we can talk about them. So, please, well, earliest date is 1976 is where his career started, yeah, correct? Yes. Um, he both... Um, yeah, uh, yes. In 1976, this is what the this uh, the IMDb says. This is where I'm getting my my information. We're not from. talking about his comedic years. We're talking about once he became yeah. an actor and moved forward from that point. Actor. That's that's when my association with him begins. So yeah. he's is, what it says here. Is, it says here's been in 23 films as an actor. He was busy. 1976 oh, yeah. is what it says. His earliest um, film. Yes, was. and it was the. Uh, the TV TV show. I don't know that. Anybody yep. know that? Nope. Let's move on. I'm sorry, I wasn't alive. Then. What's next? SCTV, 1976 was a TV series. Don't Keep know it? Nope. I'm sorry, keep moving. Stripes, 1981. Yes! Stripes. I do know Stripes. That was a great movie. Okay. Stripes was the Army movie. Uh, uh, Bill Murray was yes, also yes. in it yep. with him. Yep. And they basically joined the Army... As a mid, like a middle-aged Dodge, like he's a yeah. cab driver, not not Harold Ramis. Bill Murray was a cab driver, and he's basically tired of his life and his supermodel. Yeah, like his supermodel girlfriend, which I don't know how that dude got that, but his supermodel girlfriend leaves him. He goes through like a midlife crisis. He joins the army, and at the same time, he somehow convinces Harold Ramis's character to do the same because they think it's going to be like. A life dodge, like the military's got to pay for everything from this point on in their life, and uh, doesn't quite work that way. No, it was a funny ass movie, though. Oh, yeah. All right. <clears throat> if I'm not mistaken, he uh, he laid a chick. Oh in yeah. A, in a bed chest. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they yeah. did it in a chest. Yeah. Now, sadly, I'm the only one that can't really say anything. I've never seen this movie. It's pretty funny. Never seen I mean, it's it is one. aged. It is aged. Yeah. But it does have it does have some really funny moments in it. It, it does. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I, I want to say it stands the test of time. But with comedies, comedy is relevant to the time. So so a lot of the jokes get lost mm -hmm. where we didn't yeah. really live through that era, so we don't understand some of it. But then there's some. There's some comedy moments that are just... No matter yeah. how old the movie yeah. or anything is, you'll understand. Yeah, so I, I yeah. think it stands up. I think yeah, you'd enjoy it. Kind of like the old joke in uh, Caddyshack where there's, you know, the candy bar floating in the pool. You know, mm -hmm. that that just... <laughs> that's going to live down in infamy as, like, one of the funniest moments in all of history. All right. Well, and in 1981, again, he did... Uh, he was the, vo um, the voice of Zeke Sargent. So beautiful, so dangerous. That's what it says. From heavy metal. Oh, with heavy metal. Heavy metal. Yes, yes, that's right. Because what? Uh, yes, in heavy metal, um, I want to say it's he's uh, supposed to be in charge of a spaceship along with uh, John Candy as his other voice actor. Oh, because I've seen this. It's the movie Heavy Metal is more of an acid trip than anything, but it's still a pretty <laughs> funny fucking movie. It's fucking um, awesome movie, the, dude. When they first show up, they're abducting women, trying to be like, yeah, no, blah, 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 we're just going to do some probes and some tests. What they're pretty much oh, doing is... Probed, they're right. yeah, they're trying to probe them, alright, yeah. 
and then it's funny because they do like the normal guy thing, like, you know, yeah, no, we'll, we'll, you know, don't worry, we'll call you, blah, 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 and then like they just, you know, dump the chick off wherever, and then fly off, and they're like, man, this is bullshit, whatever, I'm sick of that bitch. Hey, man, you want to do some more coke? Hell yeah, more space coke, let's do this. Space, space, space coke, like, yeah. It, their part <laughs> they got is, it at the space drive-thru. <laughs> yeah, no, their, their part in heavy metal is actually pretty damn hilarious, and it kind of breaks up the rest of the stories, because most of the stories I in heavy metal... I did not realize that was him. Yes. I knew it the second I heard it, because I'm one of those people where, like... I, from watching cartoons, yeah. you eventually get to that point where you'll start recognizing voice actors as they come up. Like, I've recently, when I go to my dad's on Fridays to do my laundry, I've been watching the old Superman series, because yeah. it's on. And there are times when I'll notice that the guy that actually does the voice of Robin in uh, our Teen Titans series did a whole bunch of like the different random yeah. character voices. Yeah, he does, a lot. Like, he does uh, a lot for video games, too, actually. I hear oh, yeah. that a lot. Oh yeah, just like uh, uh, <coughs> Seth Green actually did a lot of voiceovers in that one too, and I didn't realize it until actually as really? you start. Yeah, oh yeah, he was a lot of like the background characters and random people that had like two or three lines. Like, come on, Clark Kent, I'm gonna beat your ass, and then you know, Clark Kent throws his ass. I have a feeling that that was you know. not a line in that cartoon. And, 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 no, but you know what I mean. <laughs> that would be awesome. And then, and then Seth the, Green went to be the voice actor for one of the most loved characters. The Mass Effect trilogy. Yep. Joker. Yep. All right. That guy was awesome. So, in 1981, again, it was a TV series, a SCTV network. Problem is, though, he he played Alan Crazy Legs Hirschman. Hirschman. Sorry. Well, he only was in one episode in 1982. You got me lost on that. Keep yeah. going. Space Hunter, Adventures in the Forbidden Zone. He was the voice on the intercom. 1983. I, I haven't seen that, yeah. but it seems like it would be... A terribly awesome movie to sit down and watch sometime. It can't be any worse than Space Mutiny. <laughs> 1983. <laughs> Bill rolls his eyes. He was also uncredited for that. What? In 1983, he was also he was only a voice in this movie too. He was uncredited. He was a car salesman in National Lampoon's Vacation. Really? Yes, he was on the. Uh, yeah, he was the car salesman voice. Actually, yes. Now that I'm thinking about it, he was, wasn't he? I, I thought the voice sounded familiar, but it, it's one of those We're things where learning. I haven't seen that in forever. Yeah. Well, the more you know. The next, <laughs> his next big, uh, the next movie he did was in uh, 1984. Doctor Egon Spangler, yep. Ghostbusters. Yeah, that, that's what I know him most yep. from, and I think I, that's what most of us. Yeah, know I was him about to from. say what cemented him in infamy was right there. Yeah, yes. I think that I was... saw him in Ghostbusters before I saw him in Stripes. I seen him in a lot of things. This but, was my. But this is really the role that sticks out more than anything else. I yep. felt like he nailed that. He, like, like, there are some times in history where certain actors just hit the ground running. Mm-hmm. And this was one of those moments. Like, Egon was perfect from the very first line to the end of his legacy. Like, yep. all three times that he played that character, he played him perfectly. Yep. But this- you, have to, you have to credit him for the fact that his stand-up comedy... Helped him yeah. in this film, yeah, yeah, because he had to improv almost all of it. Yeah, almost, almost the all of them first did, didn't they? Improv. Yeah. Well, I mean, this yeah. is my first introduction I was about to, say, to Harold and, and, Ramis was yeah. Ghostbusters. Yeah, actually, yes. in fact, uh, uh, Egon was uh, such a giant pop culture uh, icon. Icon, yeah, 
that uh, uh, the rapper MC Chris, actually, I'm dead serious, MC Chris has devoted his newest album to pretty much all Ghostbusters, if I remember correctly. He wasn't going to release any of the music until the day everybody who got their pre-orders had, you know, gotten their pre-orders. Because that they found out that uh, Harold had died, he actually released his tribute to Egon. His actual song that's a tribute to Egon. And it's actually pretty bitchin', I'm not gonna lie. I'm trying not to stick too much here, because really, when it comes to Ghostbusters, that could be its own podcast all night long, but I'd like to It, really it probably it is, yeah. Once we find the book again. Well, <laughs> 1987, he was in Baby Boom. Anybody? I uh, might have seen that one. that one. Same here. 1988, Stealing Home. Nope, never saw nope. that one. Unfortunately. 1989, Ghostbusters 2. Definitely yep. saw Once that Once again, one. yeah, we all that saw that one. Yeah. 1993, Groundhog Day. Yes! yes. Yeah, I seen that. Uh, was, where was he in that? He that was is, a neurologist. That's, yep. Yeah. Bill he, Murray he is the one, one that's Bill more Murray. credited. He's the one for more credit because he was the main character that has to keep repeating the day. Yep. Okay. I may, may, may I'm... I might have seen him. He gets stuck in a time loop. Okay, there's two. There's two things about Groundhog's Day. One, it's a common story. It's you've you've seen it in Star Trek also, where they get stuck in this loop where they keep repeating this one day over and over and over. Which always results in the Enterprise blowing up. And yeah. and they had at some point you have to figure out how to break that cycle. But where it's taking place is what's so interesting. Watch yeah. the backgrounds real close, and you'll notice a clock tower. It was filmed in Hill Valley. Ah! Yep. That's awesome. I didn't notice that. The exact yes. same stage lot. Yep. Nice. That's actually pretty In sweet. fact, uh, there's actually the scene when he goes to jump off of the clock tower. He is on, he is the, on the, the clock, clock tower. tower. That's awesome. It's the I same yes. building. The exact same building. Yep. Okay. That's where he is. In 1994, he was in Love Affair. Okay. Lost me. <laughs> in 1994, he was in Airheads. I yes. knew Airheads. Yes. Yeah, I knew Airheads. Yep. Because he ends up being the, uh, uh, he goes and uh, shows up. He's like, yeah, I'm a record producer with, you know, so-and-so record company, blah, blah, blah. And they end up grilling him because they give him, like, the greatest question ever. They give him, who would win in a fight, Lemmy or God? Lemmy. Eh, God. Trick question. Lemmy is God. And oh slammed God. the door in his face. In 1997, As Good As It Gets. I recall uh, that movie, but I can't... Yeah, I can't It's been so about long. Like, yeah, I, I, I can't even remember what it was about, but I know that I have seen that movie. Yeah. In 2000, he was in High Fidelity. He was Rob's dad, but the scenes were deleted. Oh, uh, that's dicks. Keep moving. Yeah. 2002, Orange County. Yeah! Orange County. Yeah, I, yeah. I kind of awesome. remember that, yeah. 2002, I'm with Lucy. I, no. I'm lost on that yeah. one. Yeah. 2006, The Last Kiss. Nope. Yep. Yeah, no, no, Sounds no. like romantic comedy. Pass. Yeah. 2007, uh, Walk Hard, The Dewey Cox Story. Yeah! I remember that. You know what's yeah. funny is that's one of those movies that I haven't seen that I've wanted to see for like forever, but keep oh. going, yeah, I got other shit to do. I have Walk Hard. Now, 
He's gonna walk. Hard. <laughs> now these next couple of things, I can finally put some shit in here. All right. I, I, out of this whole list, I've seen Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters too. Sorry, Harold, I didn't watch much of your shit. If you like music at all, you have to see Dewey Cox walk hard. You have to see that man. Then, like that, that's that's a yeah, joke was, on so many music. Yeah, I was about to say because I think the only thing I've seen on it is like like the first ten or fifteen minutes. Where, like, he's doing, like, the whole big bandstand thing, and then, like, the Elvis thing, and, blah, you know. The very start of that movie, Dewey is, like, leaned over this, uh, he's leaned over this pole, and he's like... Yeah. And, uh, this guy's like, Dewey! Dewey! And this guy walks up, and he's like, shut up, boy! Dewey Cox has to think about his whole life before he goes on stage. (laughs) (laughs) And he goes through this long, like, hour and a half long life recap up to that point before he's like... (laughs) Well, I've seen seen a previews for it, but I've never seen it. It's it's pretty funny. All right, in 2007, he was a knocked up. Knocked up. Yep. He was uh, he was uh, Seth Rogen's father. Oh uh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Okay, I've seen that. I own that movie, so I've seen that. So yes, <laughs> I, think, I think I have that actually. In two thousand and nine, year one, year one. Yeah, he directed. I've seen that, that also, but I can't remember mistaken. Adam. Oh, that's right. Year one's funny. Yes, it's like, yeah. It I, is. I like that guy. He's like. It's like, she doesn't even notice me. There's like 14 people in her old tribe. She doesn't even know I exist. You have to try not to know I exist. And right here, according to this, it says the last thing that he acted in was the 2009 video game Ghostbusters as Dr. Egon Spangler. Voice. Yep, yep. I, I loved that. You mean Ghostbusters 3? Technically, yeah, technically that, that's yes. what it really was. Is Ghostbusters three? Yeah, this that thing, is this thing coming out is technically Ghostbusters four when you get right down to it. Yeah. Those are the movies that he acted in. What about th- writing? Let's writing. go to writing. Then okay. we'll do directing. He, uh, yeah, which just just to interrupt real quick, am I the only one that thinks it's bullshit that you know they had to wait for him to die to be like, all right, I guess we'll finally do you know the next movie? No, they were working like, on it. He had a, he had a cameo in it, and he was one of the guys that was writing it, and. uh... Now they have they have to rewrite it, Ugh. but they're gonna keep his cameo in it. That's at least good. But now you got it's kind of like in Fast and the Furious when Paul Walker died. Yeah, they had they had to push it back a year just to figure out what they were gonna do. Because they're gonna have to find a way to film around what happened. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, as a, okay, a writer he wrote thirty six movies. Yep. Holy dicks! Yes. Yeah. Some movie writing. And here we go. Beast. 1976 is when he started writing uh, the TV TV show. All right, Roll skip along. the TV yeah. TV yeah, stuff. Skip, skip the crap that we've already said. No. Okay, Super Bowl, 1976. 1978, Animal House. Right, oh, Animal yeah, House. Animal House, yes. Animal House, we know. And actually, what's funny is I was watching something about that, and they were pointing out the fact that that was the first movie Kevin Bacon had ever been in, and that he still to this day bitches about the fact that they uh, made him take the paddle to the ass when he was pledging. (laughs) And Harold Ramis actually quotes, and he goes, Oh, for fuck's sake, suck it up, we gave you an acting career, shut up. (laughs) I I laughed my ass off at that. (laughs) Calm the fuck down. All right. I won't say that because we already mentioned that in the acting. 1979, Meatballs. No clue. 1979, this is a TV series, Delta House. Oh! He wrote one episode. I think that was, uh... Oh, god damn it. 
I think that was supposed to be a spinoff of Animal House. Well, he only, I, I, well, he only wrote I, I, one episode. Me. 1980, Caddyshack. Oh, yeah. Caddyshack, yeah. Yep. Caddyshack was, uh, it was, wasn't it that screwed up golf movie? Yes, yes, it was. Jimmy Chase, Bill Murray. Yep. Another uh, Bill John Murray. Candy was in well, it. they were good friends. Uh, like, yeah. That's kind of like when you talk about, like, Sam Raimi, when you ever talk Sam Raimi, and who's going to be Campbell. in that movie? Bruce yep, Campbell. Bruce fucking Gamble, yep. Yep. He Not probably a... wrote parts specifically for Bill Murray. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. Not to mention the fact that you he always got a uh, good old Rodney keeper. Dangerfield. Wow. Yeah, Rodney Dangerfield was in that too. Yep. Okay. In 1981, uh, he wrote Stripes. Yep. Yeah. In 1982, the Rodney Dangerfield show. Yes! It's, yes. Not, it's not easy being me. When you said that, I looked down and no. I was like, that's I ironic. No <laughs> I get no respect. I get no respect. Okay, we're not Even gonna... in hell, I get no respect. Okay, we're not going to say that one because I talked about that one in the uh, last part. What? Uh, that SCTV network. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, just just credit him and move on. If we don't know it, we don't know okay. it. But at yeah. least say that he All did right. it. 1984, Ghostbusters. Yeah! yeah. 1986, Meatballs 3, Summer Job. They, no they, idea they made three of them? <laughs> and he had nothing to do with two. It could be probably like Friday the 13th. There could be probably 50 of them. 1986, video game, Ghostbusters. Wait. Yep. Oh, yeah, he did write that one. 1980, I was like, wait. Nin- there's no voice. Oh, yeah, this is right. No. 1986, Club Paradise. 1986, Back to School. 1986, Armed and Dangerous. You had a lot to do in 1986. No <laughs> that was a busy year he for was him. writing like a fucking freight train. 1988, yeah. the best of SCTV. How does a freight train write? <laughs> Very swiftly. <laughs> All right. 19, okay. 1988. It Cat- writes in blood. Uh, <laughs> 1988, Caddyshack 2. Yep. You know, I never did see the second Caddyshack. I did not either. Yeah, most people usually haven't. Hey. Including me. 1989, the video game Ghostbusters 2. Yep. Yep. 1989, Ghostbusters 2, the movie. Yeah! Okay, I don't know why this wasn't down. 89 was a busy year, too, for I actually don't understand why this part is not down to back, because it's 1986. Busy year for him. Because it was a TV series that lasted until 91. Well, yeah, but you can still put it down at the start. So what was it? The Real Ghostbusters. He wrote for that? Yes, he he wrote. Wow. That would make sense. I've watched a couple of those episodes with, with Gwen, mm-hmm. and there's been moments where I'm like, this actually feels like Ghostbusters. Like, there are times when I'm like, wow, this show sucks. But there are times <laughs> when I watch it, and I'm like, this feels like Ghostbusters. Well, according, yeah. moments, according Ghostbusters. to this, from 1986 to 1991, he wrote 140 episodes. Holy poo. Damn. Busy year. No joke. Busy um, 1991, Rover Dangerfield. Oh, man, nice. that, was a, that was a great one. Yeah, it was. Rodney Dangerfield's dog is basically what it was based off of. Yeah. Rodney Dangerfield as a dog. His dog even had a tie. Oh, wow, <laughs> I, I did not... That. Okay, we're not there yet, but I did not know he wrote that. Uh, wow. Uh, okay. Keep going. 1993, Groundhog Day. Yeah. 1997, yep. Extreme Ghostbusters. He wrote 40 episodes. I hated that show. So he yeah. took five years off? Yes, yeah, what it says or here. Four years off. Yes, yeah, what it says here. It's when you write for for multiple thousands of things. Yeah, yeah, take a break. Within a year, you gotta take some time off, maybe, guy. Maybe in that gap, he was busy acting. That's That's yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. yeah. Um, Nineteen ninety nine. Analyze this. Really, I've seen that. Surprises. Really? It's been a long time though. 
Now, this next one I didn't know. 2000, Bedazzled. What? Really? Yes, I guess I seen it. I did not know he wrote it. Really? Honestly. Let me click on it. I want to make sure. I like when he wakes up and he's talking Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just automatically. If only doing my it. teacher could hear me now. Okay, he's all surprised. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, this is weird. Because we put. I, I, when I, I clicked on the writer, the movies he's written. But according to this, he directed this movie. He was not a writer. Well, we'll get to directing next, but yeah, right now we're just yeah, doing writing career. Yeah, that could just be a career. screw up. I yeah. JVC, you failed us for the last time. <laughs> okay. JVC. <laughs> Two thousand <Jameson's> retard. <laughs> Two thousand two video game Extreme Ghostbusters Code Code Echo One Ecto Ecto. I always I get to always like that game. Keep going. Two thousand two. Yeah. Analyze that. Analyze this and then that. And, 2000, and also these. 2004, Stork Day. Okay. I'm lost. Uh, they used, it was part of the screenplay for Groundhog Day, apparently. Mm-hmm. Okay. 2004, video game, Extreme Ghostbusters, The Ultimate Invasion. Holy crap. Jeez, he was I a didn't know there was fool. an Extreme Ghostbusters video game. Yeah. It's huh. weird how he kept writing Ghostbusters games, but they were so adamant and not doing a movie like he was constantly writing for the cartoons and constantly writing for the games but like refused to write the script for another movie that's weird to me obviously he was still very connected to it yeah 2000 maybe, maybe he was pissed off at bill murray for some reason who knows 2009 year one yeah i love yeah. that movie 2009 ghostbusters the video game 2011 the real ghostbusters he was the creator what it says here. 2011, the real Ghostbusters. That's what it says. Yeah. What? It was one of the newer cartoons, I think. I believe, so. I think he, I believe he created But how did we not know about this? Yeah, what's that? Because We the, are the fandom. Real... How did we not know well, fandom? Let me see it. The real Ghostbusters. What is that? Is it a book, maybe? Yeah, maybe it's a maybe it's a book. That would make sense. Because the real Ghostbusters, that TV series, I have that. <laughs> And that's like it's a short comedy, is what it said. We've got to we've got to find that. That's a mission. Somebody Wait, find that a short comedy. That's what it says. Huh? Oh, we got to click on it now. I got it. Boop. Somebody must locate that. I need to know what it is. Waller, search the interwebs. Captain Waller. What's away. it say? It says short comedy, that's it. There's What's there's no paragraphing it? underneath it or anything? Uh, <clears throat> the only thing it says, when children all over the city begin to disappear, and the only sus suspect is a boogeyman, who are you going to call? So pretty much it's like the, the movie uh, tagline thing. I wonder if it's, uh, uh. I wonder if it's, if he wrote for like an independent because there's a lot of independent guys that still continue It looks like it's a cartoon, though. Hold on. I'm trying to pull up the uh, the title. Oh, no. Actually, it is one of the independent ones. Mm -hmm. What? Uh, Perry's Room Pictures is the people who did it. Somebody, we... Okay, write that down. We must, must look this up. Real Ghostbusters. What is it? Tell me, tell the me. Real Ghostbusters. Yeah, I'm going to end up Done getting a series Perry's with that. Room Pictures. Hold on, Bill Sir is a writing. Yeah, there. Who was it? <laughs> Put down what year it was done. Uh, Perry's Room Pictures. 
DJ Rawls, Brandon Shorter, Katie Causey. 2011. Harry Valentine and Clint Orr, the stars, I guess. Okay. I have 2011 Perry's Room Pictures. We, we need to, somebody needs to figure that out. Whatever that is, I want to see it. Especially if he you wrote that. Up, Amazon, eBay, Netflix, it, get to looking. Okay, now it's we're on his directing well, career. Well, actually, we got two more things. Okay. For a writer, he also wrote the 2011 video game Ghostbusters Sanctum of Slime. Yeah. Really? He actually wrote the characters and the universe. Huh. Nice. That's cool. And then in... Um, I have that game And then still. in uh, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, Ghostbusters 3 characters. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I heard that he had a big hand in that, that he selected okay. all the characters that were going to be in it, that he pretty much wrote who they, who they passed the torch to. Did, Tor- so, wait, did... Wait, you mean like the actual Ghostbusters 3 movie? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, Which is actually Ghostbusters. He dire- it says here he directed fourteen movies. So he's he did a shit ton of writing, quite a bit of acting, and some directing. Okay, it yep. says here his first uh, the first movie he ever directed was Caddyshack, nineteen eighty. National right. Lampoon's Vacation, eighty three. Nice. Club Paradise, eighty six. Groundhog Day, ninety three. Stewart Saves His Family, ninety five. Mo- Multiplicity. Multiple. Multiplicity. Wait, he directed multiple. I remember that. That was uh, cool. Movie. Wow, that's awesome. There we go. Oh, he. I didn't know he directed that either. Um, ninety nine. Analyze this. Two thousand. Bedazzled. Two thousand two. Analyze that. He did a shit ton of stuff with those two movies. He was like, uh, I'm going to be the director, the writer, and I want to be in the movie. Two thousand five. The Ice Harvest. That's why I didn't. I didn't know he directed that. Two thousand six. The Ice Harvest alternate endings. <laughs> wow. That doesn't count, damn okay. it. <laughs> 2007, Atlanta. Okay. 2009, year one. Yep. 2005, TV series. He did four episodes of The Office. Oh, He directed really? four episodes of The Office? Yes. Nice. Those are probably the only four episodes I'll ever watch then. <laughs> hey, hey. Okay, that was his directing. That actually would explain why, uh, from what I understand, one of the writers... For uh, the new Ghostbusters movie, Part 3, is actually a major writer in The Office. That would explain that. Yep. Let's go to producer. He produced 15 movies. He did more producing than he did directing. Okay. We're going to give him credit for everything. 1976, SCTV. I don't know what the hell this is, but he produced <laughs> 16 episodes. <laughs> the Rodney Dangerfield Show. Yeah! 82. He was a producer. Yeah. Uh, 1984, The Top. He was the executive producer. Ooh, he went up in the world. (laughs) 86. God, such a big year. Yeah. 86, Uh, that man was fucking busy. He had every... Yeah, he was very busy. He was the executive producer of Back to School. 86 again. Uh, He was uncredited. Executive producer of Armed and Dangerous. How do you be an executive producer and not... I don't. Credit. I don't understand that either. <laughs> like, he then probably t- didn't. Thanks for helping me. I'm not putting you in the He's credits. Like, but thanks. How do you be an executive producer? No, no. And no. Not get credit. Yeah. No. 1987, and he was an executive producer of Will Rogers' Look Back in Laughter. Nope. Nine, oh, damn. 93 Groundhog Day, producer. Multiplicity. 96 producer. 2000. 
the Inspector General. 2000, Bedazzled. 2002, the first 20 million is always the hardest. Wow, that's that's a mouthful. It's <laughs> a hell of a wow. title. Yeah, and you were bitching about the lone paladin. Yeah, shit. <laughs> he was the executive producer. <laughs> he was also the executive producer in 2006. I want someone to eat cheese with. What? <laughs> uh, what the fuck? Are these like indie movies? <laughs> Probably. I have no idea. What indie the film hell? festival. Harold Ramis, please come produce this for us. Okay. <laughs> want someone to eat cheese with? <laughs> What is that movie? Click on that movie. Read that thing to us. What is it? Well, say? at least we know what kind of cheese it isn't. It's about a man who has trouble with his job, trouble with women, and uses food to deal with it all. Specifically, cheese. Yeah. <laughs> that man has not shit in months. <laughs> Let us move on. Indeed. Because, wow. Okay. 2009 was the producer of year one. 2009, Archie's final project, executive producer, and the last thing it says he produced, executive producer in 2012, Joffrey, Mavericks of American Dance. Okay. So that now, but the, then uh, it says here, this is then it says that he had a soundtrack. I guess he did three soundtracks. No, I'm well. Okay, yeah, there's three. Let's let's give him credit. Let's do that. Was he did soundtracks? Stuff. Performer, do what Diddy Diddy did. Diddy Diddy, uncredited stripes. Sorry. That really kind of... That kind oh, of, wait, wait, let me read it. Yeah, that really messed me up <laughs> trying to read that. <laughs> do what diddy diddy. Do what diddy diddy dim diddy do. That one? Yeah. That, yeah, yeah he, he, he did that. They, they performed that. It was actually Harold Ramis and Bill Murray that sang that okay. song. Okay. 93, he was the writer of uh, Weatherman and Groundhog Day. What's that have to do with soundtrack? Uh, it was probably a song. song. Yeah. Okay. And in 2000, he was the writer of the song Dolphin Song in Bedazzled. All right, let's go. Okay, what's uh, left? He's got um, Self. It just says Self, 53. What the fuck is Self? Self-promoted shit? Mo Biographies and stuff. Yeah, probably. Oh, okay. okay. That's, okay. Well, that's not... That's a yeah, lot. That's a lot of shit. That's a lot. Actually, yes. yes. Mention it. Yes. The very first thing he ever did was in 1969. It was a TV series. It was one episode, Playboy After Dark. Nice. <laughs> oh, these are... <laughs> I get it. This is all the crap where uh, he plays himself. Dib like on they... hunting it down. <laughs> oh, oh you, you're talking like... Uh... Appearances and things yes, like that, but yeah. it's because all he did was appear for an interview in that. Then, yeah, yeah, kind of, kind of like when uh, uh, what was it? Bruce Lee ended up in that one episode of like a uh, Jump Street or whatever as himself. Okay, well, let's you know what I mean, something keep, like that. Let's keep moving because that you you're going to mention a lot of stuff with that, and a lot of it's not even like that's that's when he appeared for interviews and TV spots and, and then, then it says charities uh, and thanks eight. Special thanks stuff, yes. Um, things that he kind of helped with. The right. Mask, 1994. Oh, hell yeah. Groundhog Day, The Weight of Time, 2002 video. American Pets, 2006 video. Uh, Eagle vs. Shark, special thanks, 2007. Dakota Sky, special thanks, 2008. Hey, at least he wasn't in Sharknado. That would have been terrible. Caddyshack. The but then that movie might have been better. <laughs> Caddyshack, The Inside Story, 2009, special thanks. Biography, Bill Murray, 2009. Uh, then, uh, 
2013, he got a special thanks for Ass Backwards. <laughs> <laughs> and then Archive Footage, 7. Oh my god, so much stuff. That's why I'm telling you just to move on from yeah, this. Because what you're talking about is any time he ever talked in an interview when somebody was like, "Hey, we did okay, we did his direct what he directed, produced, acted, and wrote." That was yep, that was what, what I wanted to get out in the open was his major career point right there. Yeah, was that he was a busy mother? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no fucking joke. Sixty-nine years old. And he did a lot. He at more least shit lived to a good number. Combined. Boy, he was born in uh, November twenty first, nineteen forty four, Chicago, Illinois. Died February twenty fourth, two thousand fourteen, Chicago, Illinois. Damn, he lived close. Yep. Yeah, I, uh, I had gone and visited. I had his address because we we hung out a couple of times. Right. Yeah. yeah Shut right. up. I'm popular. Now. Yeah. As popular. Soon, as soon as you give me a phone number for him, then we'll say that you were hanging out five, with a guy. Five. Well, technically, technically it wouldn't matter now because he, he wouldn't answer the phone. <laughs> no, but I'm pretty sure the wife and kids and, would, so... Yeah, that, 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 no, no, let them have their grieving time, Seth, come on. Yeah, I know. You call them next week. It really sucks. It, it does. True. It really sucks. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a big deal. I mean, we might not notice it right off the bat, but man, it's, it's gonna change some things because yeah. he's been pretty prominent in terms of, uh the comedic world in general. So now that he's no longer present, it's going to affect different projects. One that will mainly be affected is the Ghostbusters. Is the Ghostbusters. Because as you yeah. saw, he had a big hand in almost all of that. And the next... If they release a Ghostbusters 3, which they said they're going to do, if they release that movie, there's going to be a series. He's not going to be in it this time. He's yep. not going to have a say... In how it works, so he's not going to have control over how the Ghostbusters property is handled now, yep. and it's it's probably going to change. I hope that it doesn't, but I feel like it's just like when you take Akia Toriyama out of Dragon Ball Z, you get GT. And now it's time for <laughs> well, Ghostbusters it, GT. It, it's also kind of yeah. like uh, hopefully, you know, they don't have to go through the same shit Star Trek did when Gene Roddenberry yeah. died. Yeah. Because there's a lot of horse shit that was Star going on. Trek, Star Trek has its difficulties, but I will say that because the way Gene ran things, the reason Star Trek maintained is because the writers that Gene had trusted carried on writing after he was dead, and they were so prominently understanding of what that was supposed to be that we continued to have a Star Trek series that were high quality. Yeah. Like, things like Enterprise and whatnot, which is an absolute great show, it it wouldn't have been the same if Gene would have been doing all of it. Like, yeah. But when you look at something like Harold Ramis, who wrote, like, all 174 episodes of the real Ghostbusters, <laughs> like, he had complete and utter stranglehold control. So now when you go to this next series, that's gonna, it's gonna happen. Yeah, they release weird. a movie, there's gonna be a Ghostbusters series. It's not gonna have that same attitude, because it's just like when you take Akia Toriyama off Dragon Ball Z. He wrote everything... Series. Nobody else was trained or ready to write it because there was no actual experience given to anybody else. And a bunch of writers were like, what do you like about the show? And they were like, well, they shoot beams. Okay, GT shoot beams. 
<laughs> End of yeah. story. Yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah, but uh, but hopefully at least Dan Aykroyd can you know kind of step in and you that's know, what we're hoping. That's what we're hoping for. Well, didn't Dan Aykroyd <clears throat> help a little bit? He was all oh, yeah. he wrote. He, he helped he write was, it. Yeah, yeah. He was yeah. If I remember correctly, he was like <clears throat> one of the other head writers for Ghostbusters. <clears throat> now, don't get me wrong. When it comes to the secondary stuff, I'm not quite as sure. But I'm pretty sure he was another one of the big parts. At in, least the movies, for the in the movies, in the movies, yeah. yes, he was. Without a doubt, yes. Yeah. In fact, he had proposed Ghostbusters 3 a long time ago and called it Ghostbusters Go to Hell. Nice. They were going to go to hell? Well, the, he actually had a whole thing written down, and he actually even spoke of it in an interview that he said, you think of hell as this place where you go when you die, when you just you, you fall down below the surface or something like that. He's like, I'm here to tell you that hell is like... A picture with two images, and if you just slightly turn it to the left, you'll never come back. He was like, that's where you are. You're in hell right now. The image has changed. It's right here all around us right now. We just can't see it. But what if, what if we could, and what if it could interact? He was like, that was the third movie. Ghostbusters go to hell. So, but we're going to, we'll, we'll hope that Aykroyd can keep it. Can keep it on track, you know, on, yeah. on, on the track that Ramus would I want. I think yeah. Dan Aykroyd will probably do his damnedest yeah. oh, yeah. to make sure it stays on track now. Yeah, yeah. I really, I really, especially seeing as how Dan because, Aykroyd was, you know, big into. Uh, uh, well, because him and Harold Ramis were really good friends. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They all were. So I'm, I'm pretty sure just, just out of principle and to the memory of his friend, he's going to do everything he fucking can. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I was about to say, is Dan Aykroyd was actually big in the uh, uh, Twilight Zone, the actual movie, mm -hmm. and he actually was uh, pretty much in charge of making sure that, you know, when they transferred over all the different shorts that, you know, everybody was like, yeah, no, blah, 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 this, and da-da-da that, even though the other people, you know, they had other uh, directors come in and direct the different segments of their favorite episodes... He still was there trying to help maintain the fact that, you know, it stayed true to the original Twilight Zone series. Mm -hmm. You know, well, of course, except for the opener and the ending, which he starred in, but, you yeah. know. I was about to be real disgusted for a second, but I realized what you were talking about at the last minute. I was sitting here checking our time to make sure we weren't going to run over our time. And then when I drifted back in, you were like, and he was responsible for the Twilight series. And I was like, gay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why are we talking about that? Quit drifting. <laughs> yeah, man. I know we all have ADD, but damn it, man. Bill has to drift lazily to the left because he has <laughs> No, maneuvers. it's listing lazily. <laughs> no, he's drifting this time. I know man, some Man, that guy knows maneuvers. some maneuvers. <laughs> damn. Okay. This has been episode 7 of Fandom Night and... Tribute to Harold Ramis. Yep. yep. We'll catch you guys later.